Welcome to Encounters with Success, the podcast about the people who made something from nothing, with your host, Richard Dyson. We're joined today by Kai Khan, a chartered accountant, a CEO, an entrepreneur, and in particular, a businessman with a record of growing and transforming businesses. The first part of Clive's career was with TravelX, which he helped grow up to the point of its sale to Apex Partners in the early 2000s. And since then, Clive's been involved in several more business turnarounds. Between 2007 and 2014, he built up payment processing business CardSave, which merged into WorldPay. And more recently, he's turned around PayZone UK, which this year rebranded as Take Payments. In both cases, Clive, you've achieved huge growth in revenues and profits, and we'll talk about those stories in more detail later. Thank you very much for giving us your time. And to begin with, can we talk about your early career? Uh, go back even earlier than that, perhaps. And, and can you tell us something about your childhood? Were you, were you always interested in business? Absolutely. Um, yeah, my father was a shopkeeper. And that business took up his whole life. And really, the whole family participated. I spent my weekends and my holidays working at the shop with my father. And it, that experience taught me various things that I'm sure I benefited from in later life. Most definitely the merits of hard work, but also- What, what sort of shop was it? What, what shop was it and where was it? It, it? it was a type of shop that you actually don't see anymore. Is it, it was called the Travel and Sports Centre. One branch was in the Haymarket and the other branch was in the Strand. And it's one of these shops that literally sold everything from Capa de Monte porcelain to camping equipment, from Swiss Army knives to trunks and suitcases and, ex and ex executive cases from ski wear to Afghan coats. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, and so then was it, was, it, was it inevitable that you would forge a career? I mean, from there, to tell us about the, the next steps for you. Well, look, from, from a very young age, my father drummed into me that I was going to be an accountant. So I was really left with little alternative. But to be fair to him, he always said, get your qualification and it will open the door to many other opportunities. And he was proven right. And so and I guess that does take us into that first part of your career. It, it, at what point were you less of the accountant and more of the grower of a business? Look, I, I started off working in the profession, which did not come naturally to me. I found it difficult at first, but I got there in the end. And, and actually, I started working part-time for Lloyd Dorfman, the founder of TravelX, whilst I was still working in the profession. And then when I qualified, he said, come and join me, which I did again initially as the finance director, but I got more and more involved in the commercial side of the business, particularly involved in setting up 
the corporate foreign exchange business. And also I had responsibility for most, if not all of the acquisitions, which I think was a major part behind the growth of Travelex. So was it so was it the sector itself that was that was interesting you or was it the development of a business the growth and the strategy and the planning of a business we grew that business from 30 people when i joined in 1985 to six and a half thousand people when i left in 2006 from being a solely UK business to one that operated across 35 different countries and jurisdictions. So I think it was the experience of going through that extreme growth, the experience of integrating new acquisitions into the company, which were probably more important than just the sector itself. Although that sector did drive home to me you know, the benefit of dealing with a business which deals with large numbers of small transactions and the fact that if you can maximize the margin or tweak the margin on these, on these transactions slightly, it has an important, has a tremendous benefit to your bottom line. So just to just to give a bit of context to listeners, am I right? You joined in the 80s and that business grew at that that enormous rate you've described to the point where it was uh, sold to Apex in the early 2000s, 2004, 2005. What that was a huge deal. It, it garnered big headlines at the time. What what was it? What was the what was that point of sale like for you? Extremely tough. <laughs> I handled the sale and it, because of its size, it took an awful lot of effort um, in terms of managing the corporate financiers, managing the due diligence and the legals. Again, running a business or selling a business which operates across so many different jurisdictions and so many licensing, it was a very complex transaction and it took months to do so behind the scenes there was a huge amount of activity presumably which 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 the rest that everybody else sees just in a in a handful of headlines over a sure. handful of days look you know the important aspect is to be able to finalize that transaction without overly impacting the running of the rest of the business so you know, I tried to take on most of the responsibility for undertaking that transaction to allow the rest of management to, to carry on running the business, which is important because the people who are buying the business want it to be successful from the start. And you stayed on. You stayed on then for a couple of years. What, what, was, what was that period like? It was a period which took some adapting to. I became CEO rather than CFO, and Lloyd Dorfman, the previous chief executive, became executive chairman. 
looking back, just in one, we don't want to spend too long on TravelX because that does feel a long time ago now. But you talked about one key transaction in that latter period of growing the business, which was with Thomas Cook. Do you want to do you want to talk about that and any of the conclusions that you drew from that? It, it was a transformational transaction. Thomas Cook was very much the global leader in our sector, and we were no more than the terrier snapping at their heels. The fact that we managed to buy it was in itself a great feat, but the fact that we managed to finance it particularly well was really when created tremendous value for TravelX. In summary, if I from memory, we paid 450 million pounds for Thomas Cook Financial Services. We financed the whole deal on a bridging loan from our bank. But we were able to do that because we had a plan to be able to repay back that loan from some money that we found in the, well, that we created through financial engineering in the business. So all I can tell you was within six months of completing the transaction, not only had we repaid back the 450 million pounds bridging loan from the bank, but we had a hundred million pounds surplus in our bank account. Amazing. What, so what are the ingredients of a transformative, successful transaction like that? You know, you, you, is there, how much of it is luck? How much of it is planning? How much of it is, is hugely shrewd financial uh, blocks in place? Look, look, as I said, the financial engineering that we came back up with was shrewd. It worked very, very well and had a phenomenal impact on our business. But with all acquisitions, I think that people tend to focus on doing the deal, finalizing the legal arrangements, and then think the job is done. But that's wrong. The main work only starts once you have completed the deal. Many transactions of this kind fail because people don't give sufficient time or attention or effort to the integration. The real value from any transaction emanates from how well you integrate the two businesses. And that's what I spent much of my time and effort doing post that transaction. And we created tremendous synergies from combining those two businesses. But most importantly, we combined them well culturally. And getting that cultural integration is often the most difficult. I also believe in any integration, you need to do it as quickly and as speedily as possible. It often results in loss of jobs and people will want to know that their jobs are safe, that we've finished the redundancy process as quickly as possible. You also need to have, to be, you also need to be of a very, very strong mind and confident 
because there will, oh, there'll be so many people who tell you, you can't do this, you can't do that. And you just need to have the, sorry, I, I, I'm forgetting the expression. You, you need you need to have the courage of your convictions. Absolutely. Um, so just on the on that integration point, it's this is fascinating. With Thomas Cook, had you then looked as part of eyeing it up ahead of the transaction at how feasible that integration was going to be? Had you looked ahead as part of seeing that potential partnership? Absolutely. You, you prepare your forecasts based on the combination of the two businesses and of the synergies that you're going to create. But you are only looking at it from one perspective. You don't have, you have far from perfect information when you're buying a business. Because at that and, stage, they don't know you're interested. Well, the, well, in this case, they did know that we were interested, but you still didn't have that many opportunities to discuss your plans for the business. And it is, it's a competitive situation. And so therefore you, you go through a process and, and I've bought several businesses in my time and it, it never ceases to amaze me, particularly given the amount of money you're spending on these businesses, how little time you have with the business or discussing your plans. You know, when you buy a car, at least you have an opportunity to, to drive it up the motorway and back. But, but mostly for these businesses that I've bought, you, you spend little more than a day in the business before you've actually committed you know, the tens or hundreds of millions of pounds to the acquisition. So you, you, you very much have to have the courage of your convictions. You have to have your plans, but you're not totally sure what's going to happen until you actually get your feet under the desk and start talking to people and start making things happen. And, and how much then is that about the people themselves? I mean, with that transaction, were you, were you confident that you'd be able to get on closely, quickly with the key people? Is how important is that element of it? Um, I don't think it was a case of whether we could get on with those people. It was a case of being confident that we could choose the best people from both organizations. It's important for everybody to believe that the process that you use for the integration is fair and that we wouldn't just um, keep the Travelex employees in preference to the Thomas Cook employees, but we would choose whoever was best suited for the job. Otherwise, the, all the Thomas Cook people would have left. And then you end up getting little value for the people, for, for the business, because in any business that you buy, uh, people make up a large proportion of their value. Coming up in the next part of the show, serial entrepreneur Clive Kahn talks about how after Travelex he wanted to start all over again, this time by himself. 
and he talks about buying up, to use his own words, a strange little business in a town he'd never heard of. Can we talk now about that period post-2007? That's after TravelX for you, when you when you moved into other businesses. Uh, and can we focus on CardSave? Uh, to start with, can you explain a little bit about what CardSave uh, does? What, what what is that business? Sure, sure. And, and perhaps where, how did you how did you discover it and find your way into it? Well, yeah, that, that's that, that, that's a good question. So I left TravelX November two thousand and six, and I knew one thing for sure. I wasn't done with, I wanted to go and do it again. And importantly, I wanted to go and do it again totally by myself. I was naturally restricted from staying in the same sectors. So, you know, I started going out there looking for new opportunities. And I advise everybody who's in a similar situation and in today's world, lots of people are, that you have to you have to treat the finding of an opportunity like a job. It's as much of a job as it is when you are in employment, when you have your business. Finding a, finding a new opportunity is a challenge. And you just go and speak to everybody follow up every single lead, follow everything down. And as I have found to, to my success, eventually you find the right opportunities. And in 2007, I found this strange little business called CarSave based in this even stranger town called Grimsby. I wasn't even sure where that was which was in this sector on payment processing. Is there, a bit of, is there a bit of detail you can shed about what was the actual networking or, or string of events or people that led you to that? Well, yeah, I would. So you, you, go, you, go, you, you go and speak to um, people in corporate finance, people who are involved with buying and selling businesses, you go and speak to other business people. You go and speak to professionals. You go and speak to recruitment consultants because they often know what's happening. Again, you, you go and get off your bum and knock on doors and speak to people. And generally, even if they don't want to offer you an opportunity, they'll refer you on to somebody else. And you, you have to pursue all of those leads, and, and the, the other people, the, the other obvious uh, group of people to speak to is people in the private equity world as well. And what was it then about CardSave that caught your attention? I just, I just saw it as being a business that I could do more with. I prepared my business plan. I could see that really what it needed to do was to focus on sales and to significantly increase its activity. 
I also thought that it would be an opportunity for cross-selling. Having said that, as I have found, as I found in CardSave and subsequent businesses, cross-selling is always very, very difficult to do. Just, but, uh, can you just stop there and, and, and explain explain to us what it is that CardSave does and what it is that you were selling? So, so CardSave works in the card acceptance sector. Put simply, we enable businesses to accept cards in settlement for their goods and services. So if you are a shopkeeper or a service provider, you will want to have a card payment terminal and an account with a card processor. If you are an online merchant, you'll need a payment gateway and a payment processor. We supply all of those. And so that was a period of rapid growth, was it? As a lot of businesses started to migrate online and card usage was growing. Look, card usage was definitely growing. Card usage for the last 10 years up until this year has been growing about 5% a year at mostly the expense of cash. And you know, I, I try to set some rules for businesses that I look to invest in. And the main one is always invest in a business in which the macros are going in your favor. It's easier to run downhill with the wind at your back than trudge uphill through treacle with a handbrake on with the wind in your face. And most definitely, you know, the macros have been working in our favor in the card acceptance sector. How much competition is there? I mean, going back to this period of growth and, and cross-selling and so on, what were, what were some of the difficulties? Look, the main difficulties with that business was convincing and selling to the staff that they were just scratching the surface, explaining to them how they could do so much more than they were doing now, and just to, 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 to lift their horizons and build on the steady foundation that was there to create a business that was twice the size. And we doubled the profitability of that business in three years. But I have to say, not in any three years. We completed that business in August, September 2007. And within weeks, if not months, we had the financial crisis. Yeah. So when every other business was was struggling and going south, we doubled the profitability of that business in three years. And then we practically doubled we practically doubled it again after selling it into Advent and Bain, who who 
owned our shares alongside WorldPay until we merged the businesses together in 2014. Clive Khan has spoken about always trying to invest in businesses where the macros are in your favour. In the third part of the show, he talks about the importance of getting sales strategy right, down to the detail of how to motivate and incentivize staff. How did how did you inspire uh, staff and colleagues to buy into your vision of growth? By talking to them and continuing to talk to them. I find with most people, it's no good just saying something once. You have to keep up with that message. And I call it Chinese water treatment. Drip, 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 drip. If you want to, if you want to get a concept across, you have to keep on repeating the message. And finally it sinks in. But you know, but also, you know, you, you do it by people seeing what's happened. And once you start investing in a business, most people are open to that and you employ more people. They can see that it it benefits them. The the other the, the other really, really critical thing to do, an important thing to do, transformational thing that we did with with CardSave was we got everybody in that business pointing in the same direction and we that wasn't the nature of the business beforehand and well, I'm, what I'm do you mean a, what do you mean pointing in the same direction so card save is primarily a sales business and the sales the sales function is you have telemarketers who create appointments and then you have salespeople who convert those appointments and I'll never forget the very first sales meeting I ever went to. It felt like World War II had broken out, or excuse, excuse me, World War Three had broken out, in that you know, the meeting just consisted of the telemarketing people blaming the salespeople for not converting their appointments correctly, and the salespeople blaming the telemarketing people because their appointments were not of sufficient character. Excuse, excuse me were not of sufficient quality. Yeah, I understand. And, and so you, you, they, you were listening in and they, they knew you were there. Yeah, because this was second nature to them. But this is what happened at every other meeting mm. for years prior to my arrival. And so it soon became clear to me that we had to agree a definition of what was an acceptable appointment. And it was also became very, very clear to me that we had to set the commission plans correctly so that the appointment makers only got paid for the appointment when they got converted to a signing. That way, we made sure that everybody's goals were in line. So, so that's a practical way in which everyone's pointing to the same outcome, which is, which is completed sales and growth. Correct. And also, and then you, then you back that up with reporting and you back that up with accepted measurements of success. I mean, you make that sound very obvious and simple, but presumably lots of businesses fail to do to get those things right. Many, many, if not most do. But business is not complicated. 
business is simple and it, uh, putting financial dynamics and engineering to one side, the basics of business, particularly a people business, it has to be simple. It has to be, be simple. It has to be dealing with concepts that people can understand. And, you know, you never get anything perfect. And very often in uh, business decisions or commission plans, there is a challenge between complexity and simplicity or getting it absolutely right and simplicity. Simplicity should always come first. Let's talk, let's talk about pay zone. So, so uh, CardSave emerged into WorldPay, um, having had that growth in, in revenue and profitability that you described. But PayZone, you became involved in 2016, and in a, in a shorter period, you've achieved more there in terms of growth and profitability. Is that right? How, how did Correct. that happen? How did that happen? That's, that's another interesting story. Um, look, you know, I left, I left WorldPay in a very, very good place. You know, I had done well personally, but also importantly to me, yeah, my, my people and my staff had done well. And I was glad that they were in a position where they could grow and develop under the WorldPay wing. And in particular, WorldPay promised me that they wouldn't close the Grimsby office. So I probably shouldn't have been surprised, but in May 2015, I got a phone call from the CEO of WorldPay who said, Clive, I know we promised you this, but I thought I'd do the right thing by telling you that we have changed our mind and we're closing your Grimsby office. I said to him, Dave, but you know, you've got good quality people there and there's no economic reason to do it. He said, yeah, I know, but we're doing it. So I know that one shouldn't be sentimental about business. I know one shouldn't be sentimental about people, but what can I tell you? You know, I'm a people person. I, I feel strongly and passionately about all the people who work for me. And I felt strongly and passionately about the people who had previously worked for me. So at that time, I made the decision to start up a business from scratch, employing the people from Grimsby. Amazing. So, so that was a very different origin uh, and motive behind, behind starting that business. It Correct. But, 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 you were building on the, on the knowledge that you had of those, those people's skills. Correct. But having said that, I am also very conscious of the fact that starting any business from scratch, even one that you know very, very well, is difficult. It's always easier to buy a small business that has a foundations for you to build on. So with that in mind, when I was introduced to the PayZone UK opportunity, I did have a look at it. And I, I, 
I've been aware of Payzone UK for many years because we operate in a similar industry. And, and Payzone UK operated in the bill payment industry. This is a different business. It enables people who don't have access to bank accounts and cards and only have cash to top up mobile phones or pay for the utilities, pay for their rent, light and heat. And they do that by taking cash into corner, corner stores, convenience stores, news agents who have our, our terminal there with a switch. The, the shopkeeper takes the cash from the individual, enters the details into the terminal, sends it to our switch, we update the utility, and the individual either gets his mobile phone topped up or gets his uh, gas and electricity paid. Sure. We, we then direct debit the, the uh, shopkeeper. That, that was the business. And I'd never been attracted by that business because it's a cash-based business. As I said, I like to buy businesses which the macros are going in your favor. And, I, and that was not the case with the bill payment business, but they had a small card acceptance business as well. And that was the attraction. So we bought that business a week before Christmas, 2015. So effectively, again, we'd been up to the offices uh, in Northwich once. So we got to see it properly. The first working day of January, 2015. And whereas CardSave was a business which had potential, and we really had very, very few bad surprises with, PayZone was a very, very poor business. And, you know, every stone we overturned was another problem. And I can remember having several what the hell have I done here moments. Um, we had plans to um, leverage off their systems and their management, but they were both as bad as each other. I kicked out senior management within days, if not weeks. And I brought in new management, started again, and and although we'd always planned on focusing on the card acceptance business, because the bill payment business was in such a bad state, we had to spend the first six months focusing on that, sorting it out, putting it back together again. Which and this was, uh, this, sorry to interrupt, but this was using staff that you were effectively reuniting from, from um, CardSave. Well, the staff that we'd taken on from CardSave were actually in a, in a different vehicle and they were working separately initially. We brought the two businesses together after about six months. Okay. So they, they continued to work in, in, in effectively what was the same, the same business as before, but which was just a division Correct. of this Correct. new business. Correct. Okay. Correct. And PayZone had a small card acceptance business as well, which was, which was always the attraction because we knew that was the growth business. But the 
by far the biggest business in PayZone was a bill payment business. And because that was so broken, we had to mend it before we could then, then divert our attention to building the card acceptance business. But even so, huge strides in four years. Yeah, well, listen, there's a lot of work went on. <laughs> so let, let, me, let me give you the story. So it took us about six months to get the bill payment business settled down. And then we started to focus on building the card acceptance business. And we grew it very, very quickly. You know, once people got to hear about the fact that we were starting up again, we were inundated with requests from good quality people to come and work for us. And again, you know, we all make mistakes. And I probably said yes to too many people, which put pressure on us to grow too quickly. Even though we were doing, replicating what we had done previously in CardSave, it takes time to build a business. And we made lots of mistakes and lots of errors. We focused too much on the front, front end, too little on the back end. But you know, we've now, yeah, we've now got it to a stage where we have a great, very well run, very well managed overall business. We grew that business from 25 people to 350 people in four year, five years. We grew it from, I'm, I'm talking about just the card acceptance business now, mm. from 12,000 customers to 50,000 customers in five years. We grew it from four million pounds worth of revenue to a run rate of 36 million pounds worth of revenue. 37 million pounds worth of revenue in five years. The other thing to uh, update you on is that Payzone UK is now a purely card acceptance business because we actually sold the bill payment business to the post office in 2018. So, so, so in a way, you have literally, you know, you've ended up with something that looks very like what you what you built with CardSafe. Is that is that fair? Correct, but bigger and better. Um, significantly better than CardSafe. Is he surprised by his success? Can he explain why he's so driven that he wants to do this again and again? In the final part of the show, Clive Kahn gives us a glimpse of his personal philosophies and tells us what most often distinguishes success from failure in the early days of a business. Thank you so much for that detail. Now I want to ask you to step back a, bit, a little bit from some of that detail and, and just to end this conversation by, by talking a bit more about um, some of these, the bigger issues. You've described difficult moments where you thought, why the hell have I done this? Um, why, why, why do you put, continually put yourself into these, it sounds quite stressful positions where, where things may or may not work out? What, what is it that drives you to keep on going? Well, I, I would say I am, I am definitely 
a driven individual. Um, I probably need to go to a psychoanalyst to understand <laughs> quite why. Maybe I feel, I feel there's a need to prove myself. Um, I, I'm not sure who I'm proving myself to, but also because this is what I love to do. This is, yeah, I say to people, you know, I've tried golf, I've tried tennis. I can't see, see myself spending my life playing those games. And if nothing else, I'm much better at business than I am at either of those sports. Um, Are you surprised by your own success looking back? I can't going say, back to, I, the, to your father's general store and, and setting out to, to qualify as a chartered accountant, now looking back at what you've achieved since then, are you surprised? I'm always, I've always been an, indi an individual with aspirations. I've always tried to get on and do as well and, and, as, and try as hard as I can. I've always cared to do everything that I have done. Um, ask me if I'm surprised at my successes. No, because in most cases, uh, the success is the crystallization of a plan and a forecast that I embarked on the activity with. Yes, yeah, we created tremendous growth of revenue in take payments but that is what we plan to do and our actual results are almost exactly in line with our plan i'm sure that my backers didn't expect us to do that it may be a very very pleasant surprise as far as they're concerned and certainly you know we arrived at the same place from slightly different routes, but that's always going to happen in any business. So I can't say that my success has been too much of a surprise. And Clive, can I ask a last question, which is something that we put to everybody who's on this series of podcasts. There are many people listening who would, who would love to have a fraction of your success. Um, what what is your advice to those who are earlier in the journey of transforming businesses or growing businesses what are the key things that you'd recommend they keep at the back of their minds look all do, all businesses are different and so what works for one doesn't necessarily work for the other, but most businesses, the difference between success or failure comes down to sales. And people forget that sometimes, but sales is the main determinant as to whether your business is going to succeed or not. So with, with any new business, you have to be satisfied that 
your product, your service satisfies a need, you then have to develop a proper sales plan showing you how you're going to communicate your product to those people who need it and how you're going to back that up with sales. And when it comes down to it, it's all about execution and executing on that plan. And again, with, with any new business, things will, will, will not go exactly your way whenever you want it to. And you have to be able to see that and understand that you've made a mistake and to understand the need to and have the ability to pivot your position and change things so that you do get it right and keep on pivoting and changing until you can see that your sales plan is working. Clive, thank you so much for your time. It's been fascinating and super talking to you. Clive Kahn. Performance is not a guide to future performance. The information is not an offer, solicitation, or recommendation of any funds, services, or products, or to adopt any investment strategy.